This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Saturdays are always made better when you make memories like this. There is McLaughlin who has to go back to Bishop from Bishop's bowl out. Bishop this time clears it with his right boot up towards Longstaff. Flicked on by the Bradford man and now Reese Oates has found a pocket of space. Oates to the right of the box. Can he cut it back? Here's Reese Oates left for the shot and it's in! It's a great strike by Reese Oates and on 43 minutes it's Bradford City nil. Mansfield Town 1 and that Jason Law is what Reese Oates does best. What a finish there by Oates, stuck it top bins, Stags are leading, what more could you want? McLaughlin on the left-hand side, ball in towards the middle, it's taken well by Quinn, back to Murphy who hits it, force for Rains, now Longstaff, and he's gone in, he's over the line, and Matty Longstaff has put Mansfield Town, two goals to the gun, it's his first goal in Stags Colours on 48 minutes, he stands the Stags fans. Into absolute pandemonium. Bradford City nil. Mansfield Town two. Great finish there by Matty. I mean, a bit of a deflection, but great start off. Great play down the left. Macker and Murphy played the ball into the box. Quinney's got it. He set Murph. Murph's had a shot deflected. Fell to Matty and he slotted it in. Great finish. And 2-0 to the Stags. Got that second goal that we needed. Those two strikes secured all three points for Nigel Clough's men and kept them within the promotion hunt. The next month, though, is critical for the Stags with games coming thick and fast, starting with two Friday night fixtures against two promotion rivals. First up is a home game with Exeter City, just a point ahead of the Stags in fourth for a trip to third place Tranmere. Oh, how the league landscape could change over the next fortnight. As always though, we can't afford to get too far ahead of ourselves and tonight we'll be trying to stay grounded as we reflect on the trip to Bradford and take a look ahead to Friday night under the OneCore Stadium lights. As always, come and have your say on your team. This is the show for the fans, by the fans. This is the Mansfield Matters Podcast. Thirteen games unbeaten in Skybet League Two, not conceding from open play in around six games now. 
It's a really good time to be a Mansfield Town fan, especially with the next two fixtures against our promotion rivals. What better time, as I say, to be a stag. A 2 win at Bradford City on Saturday in front of over 2,000 Stags fans, making yet more memories. We're here tonight to look back on that fixture and look ahead to a massive march. A big, big month of fixtures. The fixtures coming thick and fast, a month which could propel the Stags into the top three. Who'd have thought that all those months ago when the Stags couldn't buy a win for the sake of a Mars bar? Joining me, as always, to discuss all things Mansfield Town and to uh, delve into your comments and questions as ever, we've got Accident Pro now. Good evening. Good evening, Craig. Good evening, everybody. And we've got Clive. Take that, Mark Hughes Parking. Good evening. Hello, chaps. How are you? Are you well? Are you all well? Yes, thank you. Are you? Thanks. I'm I'm jolly good after Saturday's result. Clive, you were in amongst it with the fans. You know what? It was fantastic to see so many people packed in behind the goal and, and to the side of the pitch. For me, I could not see a single empty seat. No, I was on the side and I, uh, there was a, a point where there were too many fans trying to get in. And in fact, the load of them ended up standing in the uh, the passageway, which is you know not desirable. The stewards were particularly inept, I have to say. Um, but um, you'd have thought they were they'd have been a little bit better equipped to deal with uh, large uh, away support there. But the, it, it all went fairly well. There was nobody um, falling out too much. We had some. Uh, I had four people in front of me, two couples who'd obviously been on the pop all day, and they were very embarrassing at one point. But apart from that, everybody had a great time and I enjoyed it thoroughly. I feel a little bit sorry for Accident Pro now because he's the only one out of the three of us that missed it. <laughs> yeah, well, sometimes you can't get to everyone. You know, other things uh, take precedent, Craig, and I was uh, babysitting. So there you go. But you thoroughly enjoyed it, Mark, I had. Well, absolutely. And, you know, you were watching the scores come through through social media, having a little listen to the radio where you could as well. Uh, first and foremost, to those that did listen, on Saturday, I'd like to issue one final apology uh, of, of the poor sound because, like many of people have commented on uh, social media this week, the facilities at Bradford made broadcasting an absolute nightmare. So uh, it was not the uh, the greatest of uh, afternoons. We ended up using Skype, which is never good for a football commentary. Well, there's uh, one more person to talk all things Mansfield Town and to reflect on Bradford as well. We didn't think he was turning up tonight, but here he is. He's changed his name. His name is now Mark Who, and he's Nathan Edge. Good evening. <laughs> evening. Um, connection issues, so apologies if I'm uh, delayed right now. But yeah, yeah, I'm here eventually. There have, you a, have you got a five-second delay on your signal? I think there always <laughs> is with Nathan. There's a, there's a hamster in a wheel somewhere. A hamster in a wheel. Are you feeling better? This is we've not spoke we've not spoke for a while. Are you feeling any better than what you were the other week? No, not really. <laughs> All right, I'll leave it at that then. I'll, okay. I'll leave it at that. Did, 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 did three points by any chance, you know, make it better for a, a little part, or, or are we just fast asleep with man flu? There's a, there's a definite delay. Nathan has definitely got a delay somewhere. He's definitely delay. Uh, let's uh, move uh, move back to. Oh, he's got it. That's it. Yeah, he'll have changed his Wi-Fi. He'll have changed his Wi-Fi settings over there. He is. He's back now. 
I mean, hey. you, right, we'll see changed, if this is any better. You've changed your phone, haven't you, again? Right, what, what were you saying? I, I don't apologise. I, right, I, was, I was saying... Yeah, because yeah, the, the internet was just stupid. Yeah, I thought that might be the case. I was saying, <laughs> did three points cheer you up, not even for a little while, or were you, are you so bad on man flu, are you going to get the violins out? That Saturday was, um, I mean, I know it didn't end up going, but uh, I thought I'm going to go and brave the elements, and I'm and I'm glad I did because it was um, it would have been one of them another one of them days. Obviously, it wasn't quite Doncaster, but obviously, I'm still fuming about missing that one. So I thought, just in case it's a, a bit of a replay, I'm you know of, of that, I'm not missing it. So I uh, dosed up on all the on all the tablets I could that morning and dragged myself along, and uh, I'm, I'm glad I did. Yeah, I'm sure you are. Uh, get involved in the comments as well and have your say on your team. Let us know your thoughts on that result at Bradford uh, as well. Lots of you already getting in touch tonight. Keep those comments coming. Stag Shack kicks us off saying the support at the moment is absolutely fantastic. And do you know what, Alan? I think that's a, a very, very good point to make. Stephen McLaughlin sort of mentioned it a little bit earlier on um, in his press conference today. The support at the moment is absolutely second to none. We were saying about, you know, trying to perform on the pitch uh, as good as we do at home. Well, when you've got the crowds backing you away from home, it's very easy to do that. Well, like he said in his interview, and uh, <clears throat> Nigel included it in his interview as well, that they're just very, very pleased. And, you know, they're all uh, very grateful. All the players are very grateful to hear that 12th man, as it were. Because, you know, like he said, sometimes, like Matty Longstaff said, you know, 80 minutes, you're dead on your feet. You, you know, you really can't do it a lot more but it says it's just fantastic to hear them roaring and shouting and bellowing and everything you know hearing hearing his name even Macca when he takes a throw in it says you know even the little children are shouting Macca and whatever it must be fantastic Craig to be a player and to listen to that at the one call or wherever they're playing I have to admit when it comes through the headphones <laughs> when you're listening to it um it does send a chill Damn your spine. I, I mean, I, I do miss it. I am missing actually being in, involved in that in, in some way, shape or form. But I'm just actually glad to be able to deliver it to those who can't get there on a match day at the minute and uh, make sure their experiences uh, keep coming. But again, Clive, it just shows, doesn't it? You know, obviously, Bradford, you're always going to get the, the extended numbers uh, a little bit. But also with the run that we're on, we could have gone to... Exeter on Saturday or or you know the furthest away game you can think of and we just still took a really really good following because we've just got that bounce and vibrance about us at the minute as a club absolutely I mean it's all coming together and and obviously Bradford in the context of away matches in League Two is a, a bit of a local derby for us really um, and of course it's a big ground and a lot of people may not have been there before so lots of attractions for for making the journey uh, the Bradford City fans on their forums are very complimentary about Stag support and the team for that matter. They were very balanced in their views and uh, that's quite refreshing to see and read. Yeah, By the way, sorry, Go on. did you notice, uh, I noticed the daftest things at football matches, they've got that fl flexible tunnel thing they bring out when the players are coming out and they brought it out and the players came down the steps. So nobody came out of the tunnel and they pushed it back in again. And at halftime, they brought it out for the players to go in and they went back up the steps. And then the second half, they brought it out again for the team to come out and the photographer came out of it and the players came down the steps. And I'm thinking, why are you bothering? It's a very, very strange setup. I mean, I, I made my exit from the ground on Saturday uh, through, the, uh, through the building. I think I must have gone up about 10 flights of stairs to get back up to... Uh, 
to street level. And uh, yeah, I always think I always fear that players are going to slip down those steps when they're coming down the boots because they're very narrow steps uh, as well, which is uh, quite a fun one. Uh, Chris says, "What did it sound like from the other side of the pitch, Craig? In terms of the atmosphere, um, fantastic again. You could, you know, there was a real fear for me actually before the game going into it. Um, and I mentioned this. I'd, a Bradford fan asked me to do some." Twitter Spaces comment with him the other night. I never heard of Twitter Spaces until that happened. Don't worry, we're not switching podcast platforms because it was sketchy at best. Um, and and uh, we're talking about that, and he was saying about there's going to be an increased Bradford footfall because of the new manager bounce and all of that sort of stuff. And I feared us sort of getting drowned out a little bit when you compare. You know, there must have been what fourteen thousand to our two thousand or whatever. But we honestly, you could hear the Stags fans all throughout and, and in the home end at times, you could certainly hear a pin drop, Nathan. I think that, again, says a lot about what Nigel Clough's boys are doing on the pitch to silence home crowds. Yeah, um, you know, they had sort of uh, for the first 10, 15 minutes, so you, you got a lot of Mark Hughes or Mark who? Mark who? What? Um, Barmy Army um, going in for the first sort of 10 minutes. But as soon as we got a a foothold in the game it did sort of quiet them down but I think we all were a lot to uh you know to reho research because he he dealt the real sucker blow didn't he right before half time perfect time for us to to get a goal um and we you know I think we were going in the you know in the half time relatively happy anyway we played well uh deserved deserved the lead so uh, it came at the perfect time uh but then to come out and, and I think get one so early through through Matty as well um, I wouldn't say killed the game because obviously, like like Clough said, that you, you know, and, and thanks to Bishop uh, pulling off a couple of saves, but it only takes one minute for them to get back in it. But it all it near enough killed the game for us, and I think that was the most important important thing: the the, the timing of the two goals. Yeah, in terms of uh, that, Alan, you, you can't really pick a two more of a better time slots to actually score a goal. It was pretty much a couple of minutes either side of the half time whistling. Like we say, every time we went forward, Bradford fans just seemed to be absolutely deflated. And in hindsight, if we'd have, I think if we definitely if we'd have got a third, I think uh, there might have been a few more early exits. And what was funny for me um, was hearing the Stags fans singing, "You're getting sacked in the morning." Yeah, they. <laughs> yeah, that was quite funny. That was. Uh... But hopping back to results, when he put it away, weren't that a nice, cool finish? I mean, he went through and he just took it onto his right foot as if he was going to jinx it, just dropped onto his left, looked up, bang, top bin, like uh, uh, Jason said. It was absolutely spot on. And the second one, bit scrappy, but you'll take anything, won't you, in this uh, game? 2-0, and I think the game was ours. We had a few eerie moments, but on the whole, I thought Rawson, you know, from the sound of the match, mm. was the man of the match because he, put, uh, he kept Cookie in his pocket. Yeah, I was going to say, I was, I was going to ask Clive, do you think uh, Rawson found uh, Cook in his pocket when he was searching for his car keys uh, after the game? <laughs> well, you've both, you've both taken the words out of my mouth. I mean, he wasn't the man of the match in my book, but he was certainly a a, a credit to the team. And he, he their only threat of a striker was Cook, and he had got him completely on a leash. There was He never beat him the once. And, um, and he looked really composed as well. I think... Uh, that position is his to keep now. If he uh, if he plays like that, it is. And I think the, I think Clough will will know that and recognise that as well. I think the only debate, um, Alan, will be, and I, I think it's I don't think it's much of a debate either. I think as soon as there is another centre half available, Hewitt will definitely move back to to right back. Aikens had a great game there, but um, 
you know, Clough will definitely want to utilise him in other areas rather than playing at right at right back or left back. But uh, he did say, if you remember, at the Newport interview, he said now that they, you know, they've been foolish of what they did, <coughs> excuse me, and they carry on with the team. If they get two clean sheets, says they'll keep the place. I admit, mm. I understand that, you know, JJ will probably drop in and who knows, he might put Hawkins up front. But he did say that uh, if there's two clean sheets or if they win both games, they won't be losing the place. So it will be interesting to uh, see if he keeps his word. I think he will, Nathan, because, you know, we we know that Rawson was having a, a decent run in the side anyway until uh, he got suspended himself and what have you. And they were sort of mixing things up between uh, it being Rawson and Hawkins, Rawson and JJ at, at the back. So I think he'll definitely keep his place. And do you know what? I think it'd be absolutely right to do so because if we'd have had these two suspensions back in sort of September, October time, would have been in a completely different state. It shows how strong we are now as a squad. Yeah, and don't forget, we've got James Perch sat on the bench as well. So um, hopefully he'll uh, start getting back in, a, in amongst it again soon. Now he's made, a, made, a, made his return again. So, um, yeah, the, the blessing is, um, you know, like we say, we, we probably expect John Joe to go go straight back in there. Obviously, it'll be Hawkins first because he's only got the two-match ban. But um, the blessing is both of those players... Um, that's not their natural position. So you, 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 you've got JJ who obviously can go into midfield where needed. Uh, and obviously Hawkins is naturally a striker. So um, even if they don't necessarily start back there, there's always that chance they'll be starting somewhere somewhere else on the pitch, which actually, um, you know, that, that makes everybody else in those other positions also need, they need to keep on their game because the minutes their performance drops, you know, you've got, you got a very strong bench there waiting to uh, to get for them to get their chance, like like Rawson did for his on uh, on Saturday. Yeah, absolutely. Keep your comments uh, coming in. Chris says Oates is the one man goal of the season competition. Uh, Paul says if you guys want something else to smile about, I have a friend who's a Lincoln fan, and they're all, all worrying about relegation uh, to League Two. Uh, nice to see them struggling after a couple of years of success. It all comes to to those who wait. Uh, back to Reese Oates though, Clive and. I think it just shows the type of player he is. We definitely missed him at Newport and we miss him when he's not in this side. And there will be games, you know, especially in this next month where he probably won't play as much or be on the pitch for as long. But he's such a good player. and He reads the game superbly well because the assist comes from from their defender who gets a terrible flick on. And he just reads where the ball is going so well. And then... You know, he'd made his mind up, I think, as soon as the ball was flicked on about what he was going to do. There was no danger in him squaring it. I think he was always going to drop his shoulder and try and test the keeper because everybody in the ground, me included, was expecting him to square it. Who was it? Who would you have expected him to square it to, though? Because he I made a Mur- fast fast break from the defence, from uh, think, midfield, hadn't he? I think Murphy was the highest, I think. Murphy, I think Murphy was up with him, but no, again... He clearly did exactly the right thing. And mm, what yeah. I really liked about him is he didn't panic and he actually slowed the whole thing down before he, he shot, which is, you know, a lot of players don't do that because they're, they're under, you know, the, the adrenaline's well in and they, all they can think about is giving it everything they've got. But he was careful, he picked his spot and he delivered it. Mm. We, we, were, we were saying at the... Um, uh, Newport game, what we're missing is a, a finisher. Oh. Well, you know, Oates is more than a finisher, isn't he? He's a, he's a creator. Mm. I mean, with his pace, he creates space for himself. Um, and that's that goal is another example of that. Obviously, we've got the other contender for goal of the month where he ran from inside our own half to, to uh, uh, having been 
three avoided three attempted fouls and he got it unleashed an unstoppable shot and i think uh, both of those are, are actually just individualized goals they're nothing to do with creative build-up but uh, if we got somebody um who could just tap it in the other day we'd have we'd have scored against newport and i'm just wondering where where that player is if it's not going to be oats and it could be of course it depends how we play the, the how we set the team up but if um, who would it be? I mean, Danny's the obvious choice there. I feel a little bit sorry for Danny. Mm. I feel a bit sorry for Jordan Bowery as well because um, just being nudged aside slightly at the moment, um, and he's done nothing to warrant that. No, he hasn't. I, I completely agree. You know, he was voted Fans Player of the Month, wasn't he, for for January? We'll come on to the the February one later on. We'll talk a little bit about Ryan Sturk as well. Mark's just had a, left a, a good comment, but uh, I want to stay with this for for a second. Nate, we were talking. Obviously, um, you know, we were looking at potentially Danny Johnson and, and things like that as well uh, uh, coming in and, and Oates being that sort of player. But I find it quite interesting that Clough has said in his interview a couple of times. He said it to me on Saturday. He said it today as well to, to Jake in the iFollow interview that. Murphy's not hit the ground running yet from, from Clough's standards. I mean, I've been quite relatively impressed with his, his pace and his movement, but if Clough's saying that there's more to come from him, then I think we could have a really, really good player on our hands because he adds that third dimension to our movement down the left-hand side. We're so used to just seeing it being between Quinn and McLaughlin, but when you add Murphy in there as well, it just stretches it that extra 10% and we create so much more. So if there's more to come from him, then I'm looking forward to seeing it. Yeah, I don't think he's been too bad either. Like, um, you know, he's not, he's not, he's, he's not been bad. I think he's been quite tidy, um, you know. And I think it was a bit like sort of Oates at the start of the season. It took a bit of time to settle in, and I don't think there's anything different with him really. So, um, like you say, if there's more to come from him, then then you know that's that's going to be superb. Um, you can say the same with Aikens. You know, I think he, I think he's been um, consistently good, but you probably you probably still is more to come from him as well. So. It's going to be tough for the likes of um, you, know, you, Danny on the on the bench, and and I say and, and Bowery as well. You might feel a bit hard done by with 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 how he was performing, but I, I think their time will will come as well. I think there's going to be opportunities. You know, my, my concern at the moment is I don't know whether it's some of it some of its mind games. I, I don't think it is because he did miss Newport, but uh, you know, quite a few times we've heard it a lot over the last few uh, couple of weeks about. Um, you know, Riso struggling with a bit of a thigh injury, which seems to just keep creeping back in. So, um, you know, when we are missing him, obviously there's 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 a place to be filled there. Mm. So, I do think uh, Danny Johnson and, and Jordan Barry are going to get an opportunity. So it'll be up to them, uh, especially Danny Johnson, when when they are on the pitch to uh, you know to. To, to take that place. Yeah, I think another thing with the Johnson situation, similar to, to Perch, is that thing of actually getting him competitive match minutes. We've had so many of, of these under-23s fixtures postponed for numerous times and, and they'll have been the key games to him. I mean, it's all right saying, oh, well, we can just go and you know pick a game against such and such or, or whatever. But it needs to be a competitive fixture and it needs to be a team of a, a decent standard in order to to get the best out of him to challenge him to get back to him anyway you know you could play against 11 people off the street but that's not going to do anybody's um, development to, in terms of getting match fit any any good at all is it it's got to be a competitive a good <clears throat> standard yeah i agree with that craig and he's got to take his chance once he gets it because we know he's been starved of action it scored those three goals against was it newcastle under 23 years it was it, it, you know 
scored that hat trick, played really, really well. He proved himself as a top finisher. You know, they were the type of goals that he can poach. But like Rawson came in Saturday and played out of his skin. He's I know he's got to keep his place, but I mean, I can see him keeping his place after that because he's just stepped in and, you know, taking his uh, chance when it's coming. I think Johnson, for all, I would like to see him get like 20, 30 minutes just to see if he can, you know, do something instead of the 10 minutes or five minutes that sometimes he does get. Yeah, absolutely. I think it'll certainly, uh, like Richard says in the comments, uh, they'll they'll get to the contribute this month. He says Barry and Johnson will all contribute this month due to the amount of fixtures in March. Absolutely spot on. Uh, and he also adds uh, the players on the bench must be chomping to get a start, and that's exactly what you want your, your players um, to be doing. Uh, a lot of people still talking about uh, the Reese goal as well, just uh, talking about the difference between the two. Uh, we're going to come on to Ryan Sturk a little bit shortly as well. Plus, we're going to look ahead to that huge, massive month of March in terms of fixtures, especially the next two games against our promotion rivals. It feels so weird uh, to be saying that with absolute comfort now, whereas uh, months ago, we'd have been absolutely dreaming of that. But first, it's time to put it to the vote. Who do you want to hear from? Do you want to hear from the Stags boss, Nigel Clough, or do you want to hear from midfielder Matty Longstaff, who spoke after the game? Um, on Saturday. As always, we'll put it to the vote uh, and we'll start with uh, Mark Who, aka Nathan Edge. Um, oh, I'm going to vote for, for Matty. Clive, who are you going to go for? Longshaft. Alan? Matty. It's a full house, Matty Longstaff. Uh, it also means it's the return of What's your favourite biscuit? Anybody, oh, wow. want to have a, anybody want to have a little guess? Alan, what's your Ooh. guess? Now then, Matty, I'll I'll go with Gary Baldy. <laughs> he says, "What's his favourite biscuit?" Not what school did he go to? <laughs> well, I like it with Gary Baldy pet. <laughs> Alan's going Gary Baldy. Clive, chocolate digestive. Okay. Milk chocolate. chocolate. Come on. Milk chocolate digestive. Nathan, what are you going That's for? That's exactly what I was going to go for as well. Oh. So are you, are, you, are you sticking with that, or are you going to pick another one just to? Oh, mix no, it up I'm a bit? sticking with it. I've got a, a, I've got a feeling. Gary Baldy, milk chocolate digestive. What will it be? What will Matty Longstaff's favourite biscuit be? And more importantly, what are his thoughts on Saturday's game and life at the Stags so far? Here he is speaking to me pitch side after the two 0 win at Bradford for Mansfield one hundred three point two. Well done, three points uh, in the bag and a goal for you as well. You must be delighted with that. Yeah, massive. Um, I think it's important to pick up three points after drawing the last couple. Um, we should have won last week, so we're disappointed. So we come here knowing that we have to win games to, to achieve our goal, and uh, obviously we've done that. Talk us through your goal, because it looked like it took a bit of deflection on the way, but it doesn't matter, does it, in the end? I saw you peel away and celebrate <laughs> with 2,000 fans. I wish I was in there, to be uh, fair. Same to be fair. It was bouncing, wasn't it? Um, but yeah, um, I think it was a bit scruffy. I think Oti does well to screen the goalie and then obviously takes a bit of deflection. But I guess you take you take anything that comes, so I'll take that one. Of course, it's the first time really that you've dropped down to, to this level at League 2. How are you finding it early doors? Um, I'm loving it, to be honest. Um, we've got a fight, uh, second balls, tackles, um, and I've thoroughly enjoyed it so far, so long may it continue. Just tell us a little bit more about what appealed to you about Mansfield Town then, because we heard a very funny story from CEO David Sharp at the uh, recent Fans Forum. We were saying he met your agent or something on holiday. So how did that sort of come about for you? Um, to be fair, I got a, a phone call from Newcastle just kind of saying that Mansfield are interested. Obviously, I got on the phone with a gaffer, and to be honest, um, with someone of his calibre rings you and, and, and 
says he wants to bring you in, you don't really hesitate. Obviously, um, what he's done in the game is unbelievable, um, and I've only heard great stuff. And from what, well, from what I've been with him, the, the, the couple of weeks I've been there has been unbelievable. So, um, yeah, I'm really glad I came. How are you finding this loan spell compared to your last one? Because it didn't quite go to plan for you, did it? No, um, it didn't, but uh, that's football. Um, not everything goes your way. Um, I'm thoroughly enjoying this one. Um, like I said, the manager and his staff have been unbelievable, and so so the lads, the lads have been unbelievable. Um, obviously, Aberdeen was was a learning experience, but now I'm here. I'm, I'm ready to go, and uh, I'm looking forward to the challenge ahead. How are you finding these Mansfield Town supporters? Because on social media, they've been quite vocal as well, and you obviously got a taste of it this afternoon as well. Today, they were unbelievable. Um, they were definitely the 12th man, and when we started to tire a bit, um, 60, 70th minute, they were they were unbelievable. They were loud, they were proud, and they kept us going. And they're going to be massive for us for the rest of the season. Fantastic, and of course, you know when you're on loan, what's it like for a player that comes on loan? Obviously, a long way from home. Is it difficult to sort of settle in and adapt? Because on the pitch, it looks like you just slotted straight in. Yeah, I think that goes down to to the manager, his backroom staff, and the players. Like I said, um, they've kind of given us trust, and I've come in. And to be fair, the the lads in there have been unbe- unbelievable with us. Uh, made us feel comfortable from the day I walked in. I think that makes a big difference and gives you a bit of confidence. So um, I can only thank them. And you've yet to sample a home game. You yeah. get to do it next Friday at home to X a team that are right up there as well you're looking forward to making your home debut yeah definitely hopefully I do um, the other games you want to play and where it's going to be um, a bit you know when they're, they're near the top and we're all battling for the spots other games you want to play and you want to you want to do something in it to, to kind of uh, move Mansfield up so yeah I'm really looking forward to it what sort of dressing room have you walked into um, an un- unbelievable one um, the lads are unbelievable um, the the took me straight in and um, made me feel comfortable um, and I'm just really looking forward to playing with them for the rest of the season. Is that encouragement and that sort of welcome feeling really really vital for you to be able to go out and play your game? Because I've seen lone players that come in before feel a little bit alienated out of sorts and don't perform as well. Um, I'm not sure maybe, um, but for me I just kind of come in here I want to kind of show what I can do. Hopefully each game I'm going to get better and better. Um, I still think I can be better in, as an individual, but as a team I think we've been very good the last couple of weeks um, and like I said before the, the lads in the change room have been unbelievable so I think when they're doing the business before I come in it kind of makes it a bit easier to come into. From what you've seen has this squad got what it takes to get us to League One? I hope so obviously time will tell but um, I definitely think we've got the, the talent and the commitment in there to, to give it a real good go. And of course uh, what's your message to those Stags fans who came out back to you today and will of course be looking forward to seeing you on home turf next Friday? Um, just a massive thank you and obviously um, their following uh, gives us the 12th man like I've said many times and um, I'm looking forward to, uh, to getting them, well to seeing the fans at home and hopefully give them something to cheer about. Fantastic stuff and final last curveball question from me, both gingers, what's your favourite biscuit? Mine, um, probably a custard cream but I'm not really allowed milk so I have to have a day off the next day. <laughs> it's a great choice, we'll go see if you can find some, I think you've earned it after oh, today's Oh thank you very much, thank you. Thanks mate. It was a custard cream. Unbelievable. Well done, Chris Hope. Yes. Unbelievable. Unbelievable custard cream. Unbelievable. <laughs> Matty Longstaff there speaking to me from Mansfield 103.2 after the uh, the game. Um, and I will continue my quest to find out players' favourite biscuits for you in the future, if and when I can. Because it seems to be getting a lot of traction. People are asking me now to uh, to ask the question. So, uh, so I will we'll keep the biscuit game going. The, the poor lad's gone from being interviewed in the Premier League by Sky Sports and all that to, to Craig Breeze asking about his biscuits. I mean, it's unbelievable. 
Really is unbelievable. Really is. Anyway, let's uh, move back to uh, other Mansfield matters. Of course, um, you can watch more from Matty. You can also see more uh, from Nigel Clough on our YouTube channel. Make sure you check out our social media as well uh, for all the post-match interviews on there. And you can see more from Nigel Clough and Stephen McLaughlin on I Follow Stags following their press conferences today. And, of course, the Stags back on the road. We're going to be on a road a lot this month, including a trip to Tranmere Rovers um, next Friday, a week on Friday. For more information on prices, departure time and all of that jazz, you can call the Stag Supporters Association on... 07967-689-597. And that number, if you missed it... 07967-689-597. Guess who didn't have it written down again? Anyway, moving on. Uh, Moving swiftly on, let's go back to uh, all things Mansfield Town. Somebody in the comments earlier mentioned Ryan Sturk um, in terms of what player he's turning out to be uh, for us. Just trying to find which uh, who said it so I can give them the uh, the credit. Mark said it. Uh, We need to sign Sturk. He's a bit of an unsung, but he's becoming a very, very good player. I keep referring to him uh, in commentary, Clive, as uh, like a little Fagin because he picks a pocket or two. I think, uh, yeah, I think he, um, I think he's a player that took a couple of games to find himself, and since then he's been very instrumental in just about everything that we've done well. But he does it quietly, and I like that. Yeah, he's a very competent player, isn't he, Alan? He, he's a player who, who gets on the ball. He can see, uh, he can read a pass, he can intercept. He can. He's got quick feet when he needs to have quick feet. He makes things happen as well. He's a real battler and very similar to uh, to Nathan Bishop. You know, we we sing his play, praises a lot, and you know we're thankful to have him in on loan. And next season, if it was available, I'd, I'd certainly be looking to 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 get Sturk back as well because I think he adds a real dynamic to. Uh, to our, our team. Sometimes I think we actually forget that he is not our actually our player. And I, I don't know if you've noticed as well, he can do the dirty side as well. If a chattel, you know, if a chap's going through one-on-one, or it looks to be one-on-one, it can put his foot in where it hurts as well. And I think and also, if, you know, uh, Nigel said earlier on on the iFollow, anybody that's watched it, he said about, you know, Quinn not making Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday. I mm. think he could be the perfect foil in front of Macca. Yeah, I agree. I think he's is that sort of player. He can sort of fit anywhere across that midfield. Nathan, you know, we were at the start of the season. We were a little bit like, yeah, he's a great impact player to come off the bench, but he's he's proved us wrong wrong in that respect. He's, like every other player, when when they arrived, you know, we forget that he'd not really had much footballing experience before he came to us in terms of, you know, senior competitive standard. And he's bedded in very very well indeed. Yeah, and I think um, not long after joining us, he picked up a bit of a knock, didn't he? So uh, we was missing him for a for a few weeks. So I remember during that time, Nigel Cuff was saying how we were missing a, a key player. And there's a few people questioning that, saying how is he a key player when he's barely played for us? But I think we're, we're, we're seeing, we're absolutely seeing why, aren't we? Obviously, Cuff knew what he was capable of and uh, what he would bring to the team. And uh, it's not very often you get a, you know, a young lone player who you would say is in your, you know, one of your first names on your, on your team sheet. And, that, and especially in a mid, in a strong midfield position where we've got so many talented players so uh you got to give him credit you know no one needs to come in and, and obviously picked up a knock early on but he's, he's overcome that he's had to pick up um you know get getting match fitness and match experience and, and learn as he goes along and he's a young player settling in a new team so he's done all that and and when he did join we weren't doing too well so 
he's, he's, he's had to overcome quite a lot. And he's just, like you said, gone about it quietly. And for me, he's one of those uh, first names, names on the starting, starting team sheet. I think Chris has hit the nail on the head, Clive, in the comments by saying when Sturk was out for one game, we had no one in control of the centre circle. No, I think as well, with Lapsley not being back to uh, full availability, that, that gap was evident. We needed somebody in there to, to, to control the game and Sturk's taken that role. And I think uh, if provided he's fit, he's, uh, he's probably better for us than Lapsley, even when Lapsley was fully fit. Yeah, Lapsley, it's an interesting one with, with him because of the position he offers. I don't quite think he re- necessarily fits into the way we're playing at the moment with that sort of 4-3-3 slash 4-3-2-1, but it's good to see him back uh, all the same. Uh, back to Stirk, though, Alan, and what Richard says uh, is also true. With the position Birmingham are in financially, he may be one we could buy, unlike Bishop, and I'd be, I'd be all, for, all for that. It'd be a quality acquisition, wouldn't it? It'd be one of those that you could like build a team around and mould it around him because, like, uh, was it Chris said about the centre circle? Like mm. Clive said as well, when Lapsley was out, we didn't have that specific player to play that role. But I think Sturk, since he's come in, has done what Rawson's got to do and Barry did to a certain extent, you know, when he came in and take his chance. And boy, as he took his chance. Yeah, he certainly has. I think... Um... Uh, we you know we were talking about Barry being Player of the Month uh, last month, Nathan. You know you can now vote for your Stag supporters uh, Player of the Month via the club's uh, official website. Um, plenty of players to uh, to choose from. Uh, obviously, uh, five matches uh, in February, winning two and drawing the other three. Sturk for me is going to be one of those uh, one of those contenders. What would uh, what would your thoughts be on that, Nathan? Yeah, it'd, it'd certainly be up there. There's there's a, there's, a, there's a few that you could throw into into the mix. I mean, I'm um, you know again following on from Saturday, but Elliot Hewitt is one as well, um, mm. who I think uh, we've been saying has been improving, improving, improving as time's gone on. But he's been pretty solid as well for the last few weeks. So um, for me, he'd be certainly up there this um, you know for, for this month in particular. Um, but no, um, like I say Ryan Sirk, I think he's one of them that. You probably would notice more when when he's not in the team how much you actually miss him. So, um, but but being a young player, fingers crossed, he he'll be one that stays fit. But like I say, the midfield area is 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 so strong, and you you, you at the moment you kind of fancy any of them to come in and go and, and do a job. And I think with the return of Lapsley, even though he may have not been the you know the player of last year, um, you know I, I still think you know that player's there, and he and he will come back, and it, it will come strong, and it. For me, he might come strong at the at the right time of the season, which could be the last sort of ten games or so, when he's had a bit of a run in the in the team again. Uh, we might see more from him. So it's it's all positive at the, you know at the moment with, a, with that sort of uh, strength in numbers we've got there. Says a lot, doesn't it, Alan? When you look at the bench on on Saturday and you think, well, not starting in the midfield, Ollie Clark didn't start. You've got Lapsley on the bench as well. Perch can play in there. You've still got O'Toole to to come back who can play in there as well. There are so many players that aren't getting in. <laughs> Um, at the minute and we've just got so much quality there now in the ranks and I genuinely believe that the January transfer window we had um, played a massive massive part in that because without those players there I think we'd be you know you take away one or two key players and we're struggling but now we, we can miss three or four players and I've still got the confidence that we've got enough about us to, to continue the vein of form that we're on. 
I think it was the best January window I can ever remember for a long time, to be fair. And I think going back to Stirk, you know, I think he's a different kind of player to Lapsley. I think we could accommodate both if need be, because Lapsley is liable to score, you know, a goal. And, you know, as you're regarding about quality on the bench, I was gutted when I heard you tell, say, the teams for Saturday and Clark was on the bench because he was my scorer. I was praying they were going to come on, but obviously that didn't happen. But, you know, things like that, uh, it can only bode well for the future because, like I say, you look at the bench and you think, right. I bet it frightens some of the teams when they look at our bench after looking at, you know, when Oates is flying through and everything else. It might uh, send shivers down their spines. Well, on the whole, uh, Clarkson Clough did say to me after the game uh, off air that uh, it was a debate between... Uh, Clark and Maris for that one but once he did uh, listen to the podcast on the way to the game and heard that you'd put Clark down as a scorer he decided to play Mary so that <laughs> is not nice. true that's not true I'm making that la- last bit up I don't know if he listens or not but there you go uh, right let's turn our attentions elsewhere Clive let's start uh, by looking ahead to the month we're going to call we're, we're going to dub uh, Mental March because the fixtures are absolutely going to come Thick and fast. Uh, let's go through them. Exeter to kick it off at home on Friday night. Uh, Tranmere then the following Friday on the 11th, a trip to Tranmere. Tuesday the 15th is a trip to Port Vale. So three games coming up against uh, promotion contenders. Stevenage then on Saturday the 19th at home and then another treble away uh, away period for us. Rochdale on the 22nd, Tuesday night. A trip to Oldham on the 26th on Saturday the 26th and then finish the month with a trip up to Hartlepool on Tuesday the 29th. Could this be make or break March? Of course. I mean, the thing is, on paper, they're all winnable, but equally, they're all losable. And I think we won't lose them all. I'd be surprised if we win them all. But I think we'll take more than the average number of points away from the from the month. Um, I'm looking forward to Friday. I think that's going to be an interesting game for us because uh, there's a lot about what Exeter does that I find uh, quite appealing. And it's another occasion for us to uh, avoid a, a double. Um, so I think that's going to be a, a, going to be a big crowd as well for, for, the, for that match. Um, and then uh, what's after that? Is it, it's Tranmere the following Friday, Tramere. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that because I've not been to Tranmere's ground. So that's, that's a new one for me. I'm going to go on the SSA coach for that one. And then the following Tuesday, uh, Port Vale, well, I'll drive there. It's, it's a very easy place to get to. Um, but I think all of these games are going to have their own challenges. You'd look at Stephen, he just perhaps being the banker in there, but you can't afford to, to say that. And, uh, and a month ago, you'd have thought that um, um, Oldham was an easy win. But Sheridan's gone there, performed his magic again, and they, they're on a, a run. So I think it's going to be a, a great month to, to experience. And hopefully we'll... Uh, We'll retain the form we're in and the confidence that we've got because of it. Yeah, that's uh, certainly hope so. I think tonight's games will play a big part into how the month starts to shape up as well. Um, obviously, we're talking uh, at eight o'clock on Tuesday, the fo- the first of uh, March on the live podcast. At the moment, after thirteen minutes, the league leaders, Forest Green Rovers, starting to stutter. They are one nil down. Um, they are one nil down tonight uh, away at Newport County, so they're starting to stutter as well. Uh, also tonight, oh, could uh, have North, done us a favour. I know uh, <laughs> Northampton playing um, uh, 
They've got up to second at the moment. They're at home to Warsaw. Also, Harrogate against Port Vale tonight. So there's three or four key games in there which we'll be keeping our eye on. But back to the uh, the fixture list for, for us, Nathan. How do you break it down? Because it, it's very, very difficult to sort of look at it on paper and go, oh my God, we've got an absolutely mental march. We've got games left, right and centre. Um, do you break it down into the three, the first three games against the promotion rivals and say, look, I'd be happy to get seven points or, or whatever? <laughs> do you break it down into, um, into half do you, or do you take it game by game because for me the way we've been going it, I think the, the sensible approach would be to take it game by game we cannot afford to start thinking well if we beat extra and then we beat Tramia we can be right up there let's just keep that one game by one game momentum going I think that's what the players and the management staff will be saying game by game it's what they've been saying for for a long time isn't it and I think that's all you can do really because obviously you're focusing on your next match that's coming up and obviously um, when it's against someone like Hexter on a, on a decent run themselves and obviously are, are up there, um, we've got to really focus on first of all obviously their threats but also how we can hurt them. So, um, and, and the good thing is that, you know, I know it's going to be a hectic month but at least it's this one's Friday night and then we've got another week to prepare for, for Tramia. So, it's a slow start to a, to a hectic month, so it gives us time to prepare in that sense. But I think for me personally, you kind of look. I think you kind of do break it down into three games from a fan, maybe a fan's point of view, don't you? So you look at it as those first three are three really tough games. That the fact the fact that they're against uh, you know playoff rivals, um, they, they're going to be hard. Um, and I think as supporters, we need to we 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 kind of forgot we've forgot what it's like to lose, haven't we? So I think we need to mm. just maybe. We had a few, a few people wobble when we have a couple of draws, and we we need to avoid that. I think we, we, the chances are we probably are going to lose one, uh, you know, this this month. But if we do, you know, we need to acknowledge that it's it's not the end of the world, and um, you know, it's it's we just need to bounce back. So, but we've got to appreciate we are coming up against some some really tough opposition. Yeah, what's your take on it, Alan? Because like, like Nathan says, <laughs> there are a lot of tough tough opposition to come, especially. Friday night, it's first versus second in the form guide in the last 10 games. Stegs top, X to second. We'll have the mental advantage because of the, the fans, like David Sharp said at the, 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 um, the fans forum a few weeks ago, moving it to the Friday night means there'll be even less extra fans um, coming up for it. So it gives us that little bit of advantage, but we can't afford that complacent mindset. Definitely not. And I think Nigel will uh, drill it into the players about, you know, this unbeaten winning run. I don't mind us, and I think he'll say the same, I don't mind you drawing against Exeter on Friday, but let's not lose the game because, you know, the more this unbeaten run keeps going, I know he prefers it out of three games, he'd prefer to win two and lose one instead of win one and draw two because it's one more point, which I, you know, I could I can appreciate. But I would like to keep this unbeaten run going, irrespective of whether it's draws or wins, because it just keep it it does keep it going and it gets the other teams, you know, looking at what we're doing. And I think that's a good thing for Mansfield. On the flip side of that, Clive, there, there's a certain hype which will be starting to be built up now. Um, there are more games we go unbeaten, things like that. Um, it's a journalist's job to to do that, and we'll never apologise for it. And I think it does uh, potentially 
add to it. But there's also a danger of uh, it, it getting to fans' heads at, at, at some point. I think, like Nathan said, there was a few wobbles when we when we drew a, drew a few. So I think we've got to be prepared to accept defeat in this this little run because it, it's well, I say it's bound to happen. I probably said that at uh, the start of February as well. But uh, you never know in football. Do you? It, we can't afford the longer it goes on, the more dangerous. What I'm trying to say is the longer it goes on unbeaten, the more dangerous a defeat becomes mentally, I think. Well, I'm not sure the players worry about it as much as the fans do. I think, mm. uh, you know, the play, professional football has recognised that defeat's part of the game and it's, it's a question of how you deal with it and where you go from there. But let's look at the positives. We've gone three months without losing. We've got uh, two or three, maybe even four by the end of today, games in hand over some, play, some teams we, we're challenging against. And uh, we've learned how to not ship goals. We, I don't think we've shipped more than one goal from uh, field play at all in the last six games, have we? Most of the goals have been penalties or corners and uh, free kicks. Free kicks, yeah. The last six games we've conceded two goals in and we haven't conceded a goal from open play in the last six games. The only two we've conceded are from the free kick at home to Colchester and the yeah. penalty at Newport. And I think uh, it three might go a little bit. It might go a little bit further than that. It might be three and eight because I think one was direct from a corner as well. So, uh, but that ability is not going to switch off overnight. Mm. So what we've done is we've grown into the roles that the players have now got and the, the 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 mini teams within the team working together. And I just think that together with a, a first class goalkeeper puts us in a position of strength from the start because we're going to be very hard to beat. Mm. That doesn't mean that we're not going to get beat. It doesn't mean we're going to have to accept. We won't have to accept draws on on the way. But there's no reason for us to feel fearful of anybody we're playing this month, and we've now got a squad deep enough to deal with it. Yeah, that's that's the key thing. It's having the, the squad there, which is uh, capable of dealing with these games coming uh, thick and fast. I want to just uh, go back to a little point that Clive mentioned in there, though, Nathan. It's about another Nathan, Nathan Bishop, who uh, got his tenth clean sheet of the season uh, on Saturday. At, uh, at Bradford with an absolutely phenomenal save uh, as well from Andy Cook's header. The, the one time that Cook managed to just get out of the parapet of uh, Farron Rawson's pocket to get something on the end of the ball. But uh, again, it, it's it's testament to his commitment and, and his agility and his alertness because it'd be so easy when you play in the way that we are to switch off. His concentration is absolutely spot on. Yeah, um, I think... I think Faz probably wanted to give <clears throat> give Bishop his, his opportunity to get his camera shot, didn't he? So uh, that's what it was. Idea, <laughs> idea behind it, but um, no, I think um, I remember an interview. I can't remember what, what game it was after, but Nigel Clough obviously said was saying about about Bishop that he was a bit bit frustrated the fact that he wasn't keeping keeping clean sheets, which um, I think some people saw it as a as a criticism to Bishop. But I don't think it was. I think it was more of a, an annoyance that he wasn't facing that many shots, but mm. annoyingly, some of them were just leading to goals because of, you know, the, whether they were coming from a mistake or, or not necessarily from him, but from somebody or somewhere. Um, so it was a bit of frustration, but, uh, you know, to get 10, 10 clean sheets is, 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 is quite impressive when you think of the, what of a bad run we went on at the start of the season. Mm. Um, and, and when you take into consideration, like, like we said, three, three goals in the last eight games of, None of those have been from open play. So um, it shows that, one, the players in front of them have improved you know, their, their game, that's for sure. But two, he, he, he's also stepping up when he, when he has to and we're showing exactly what 
um, you know what a, what a great signing he he's been on loan and 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 I echo what a lot of people were saying sort of a couple of weeks ago is uh, you know I think we all would love to have him next season but I think uh, it's only going to be if we manage to get up into League One so uh, to hopefully get him on another loan so you know you never know but um, it's, it's certainly showed his worth for us. I'm going to have to put my cards on the table here. I think even if we go up to League One, I think we, we'd have to have a really good deal on the table for him to come. I think United would be wanting him to play uh, champ at the very, very least. But you never know. Football's a funny old game. Uh, I'm going to pose this question to you, which has been posed uh, in the, the comments from Ellen uh, through YouTube. Uh, and I just want to get your reactions to it, really. The, the comment says, Exeter is a must-win game. Real test for the back four without Hawkins or O'Toole. Is it... A must-win game. I'll start with you, Alan. Then I'll go to you, Nathan, and I'll finish on you, Clive. Alan, no, I, I, personally, I don't think it is. I think we can afford to draw. It, it'd be, be nice to win. Don't get me wrong, and I think we will win. I think we we will beat Exeter on Friday. But I don't. I wouldn't class it as a must-win. Not not in my opinion, anyway. Nathan, um, not not, not must. Uh, I mean, it, it's an opportunity. The fact that we're at home. Whereas the next two are, are both away against playoff uh, opposition, so it'd be nice to get it get it done and dusted at home. If, in any, if anything, it'll be just nice to not lose the fact that it's kind of a six pointer in that sense. So obviously they they can't really they can't pull away if they, um, you know. And I think they'll look at it in the same way. So a draw would be sufficient, but with home advantage, a win would be nice. But I wouldn't say it's a must. Clive, there's incredible expectation on us to win. Um, and that was the only reason that we we um, we ought to categorise it as a must-win because I actually don't believe any of the remaining fixtures are must-win fixtures. Mm. It's about the average running through, and I think uh, if we maintain anything like the average we've been in the last couple of months, we will be in the automatic promotion zone. So I think people need to just chill a little bit when it comes to games that don't quite match up to expectation because that that's going to happen, and you know we can't. One thing's for sure, the teams that we play against are going to try and beat us. And occasionally they'll be slightly better than us on the day. And that's something we've got to learn to live with. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, especially with, there's still at least a third of the season to go. And I think one thing's important to stress as well is you look at the amount of games played. And with the exception of Exeter City, we have got games in hand over everybody above us at least one game in hand in some cases two or three games in hand and pretty much all all of the sides beneath us all the way down to uh, in fact every single side beneath us and um, we've got games in hand over as well there's the only team we haven't got a game in hand over is Exeter City in the league and I think that says a lot um, for how the season's uh, uh, going to go. Let's delve into some more of the comments talking about uh, Forest Green earlier. They're still 1-0 down as we speak um, away at Newport County. Um, Chris says their bubble hasn't burst, but it's a slow puncture. They'll go <laughs> up though after losing twice to the Stags. Of course, yes, we've still got them twice um, to play, which will be in relatively quick succession. And do you know what? That could well be a talking point later on in a few games' time. Uh, Richard says, I'd be happy with 12 points and not to lose to the teams around us. So if we draw the next three games, it's not the end of the world. Um, Ellen saying that Barry deserves to start in their opinion. Bradford was the, uh, the must-win game, says Chris. Uh, Roger says, Stags are, are overall the best all-round team in the league, in my opinion, simply because everyone else is scoring goals apart from Bishop. Well, give it a chance. Give it a chance. Um, also, as well, 
Uh, Richard says, first job on Friday is keep the midfield is the midfielders keeping um, Dieng shackled. It's not a must-win game. Uh, talking of a must-win game, uh, that is podcast predictions. That's all we've got time for in terms of the general chat tonight. As always, uh, my thanks for you for getting involved in the comments. Podcast predictions time, and it is a must-win game now because <laughs> for the first time in a long while, I've got some devastating news. I have fallen out of the top three. I'm not happy about it. Not happy about it. Uh, here is the uh, the top ten as it stands at the moment. Ricky is still clinging on in tenth. Um, he's got his mug now, Nathan. Yeah? Have you actually handed it to him? He or actually hasn't. In... <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Which is quite amusing. And just just to, just while you're on the subject of Ricky, hopefully he's listening. But yeah. He's also one of the fans that missed both goals on uh, on Saturday, which I thought was also quite amusing. Oh, dear, oh, dear, oh, dear. Well, he's not entered for a while. I think it's because he's not... Um, had he's on strike. And I, I, I have to say that I gave it Nathan, what, two weeks ago now. I mean, I know I appreciate it was slow from Aaron getting <laughs> it over, but that's been the case for a lot of people. Um, but to be fair to me, I did bring it across. I just didn't know that you weren't in the bloody country. So that's that's you know that's that's miscommunication on Nathan's part. And then I gave it Nathan when we went to the uh, the, the meet the manager night, uh, the uh, the thingy night, uh, and uh, he still hasn't given you. That was two weeks ago. So uh, blame Nathan. Anyway, uh, Ricky is still in tenth, clinging on with fifteen points. Then Roger is in ninth place on twenty-one points. Alan, you still sit in eighth with Cam just above you, both on 22 points. Then there's a jump up to six where it's Steve Naden on uh, 31. Uh, Nick Felton, Cam's dad, is uh, on 38 points in fifth place. He's hunting me down. I'm in fourth on 39. And then is a tie for second place at the moment. Steve in third on 40 points. Clive is in second on 40 points. Nathan, four-point lead at the top at the moment with 44 points in podcast predictions. But will things change when I introduce my brand new rule, which Nathan doesn't know about? I'll start breaking things. <laughs> it's going to be a stitch-up. I can just see it coming. This is a little in-joke. We said uh, that if you get the prediction bang on, uh, you could take points off somebody else who, who didn't do it. And Nathan... Um, in his ill state, kicked off about it. And just to clarify, Nath, I won't be doing that unless I drop out of the top five. <laughs> anyway, right, let's uh, go through some predictions then. Uh, let's start in uh, in order of top to bottom. Nathan, you're the leader, so give me your score prediction um, for the, uh, the Stags home game with Exeter City on uh, on Friday now under the one-call lights. 2-1 victory. Um I'm calling Clough's bluff. Uh, Oates will be playing. So Oates will get one and Macca will get the other. Oh, your favourite player, Stephen McLaughlin. Love him. Absolutely Captain, love him. Captain extraordinaire. Uh, next up is Clive. What's your prediction? 2 0 win. Oates, Aikens. Excellent. Me next. Uh, I am going to also back us for another clean sheet. Uh, and do you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say we're going to win 3 0. I'm going to. I don't know. I've got a positive feeling about it. Um, I'm also going to go for Reese Oates to get on the score sheet. I'm also going to back uh, Mr. Rawson to get himself a goal from a corner. And you know what? I've got a funny feeling that one of the midfielders are, are going to pop up with a, a goal again. And I'm going to back Ryan Sturk to get on the score sheet. A bit hey, of a good shout. Left field one. I think he's due one. Uh, Cam would be next, but he's not here tonight. Clearly, there's a Hollyoaks omnibus we don't know about, which is... Uh, 
interrupting his uh, podcasting time. I'm sure he'll send us his in the uh, the chat as long as he does it before Saturday, before Friday. It's all good. Uh, Alan, you're next to complete the sets. Um, I'm not copying off uh, Nathan, but I did uh, say get, say to myself earlier on, I fancy 2-1. I think they will score first and then we'll put two past them in the second half on a rallying call and it'll be Oates and Murphy. Oh, Reese Oates and Jamie Murphy to get on the score sheet. Uh, Chris in the comments says 4-0 Stags. Mark says 2-1 Stags. But do you know what, Nathan Edge? Got to do it in the link. Yeah, those predictions do not count. If you want to get involved with podcast predictions, you have to do it via the link in the description and you have to do it one hour and one minute before kickoff on Friday night. The link that you need is in the description. Make sure you get involved with that. That's all we've got time for tonight. Usually I would at this point end by playing the highlights, but because because of the uh, technical on Saturday, um, it's just not conducive. I did manage, though, however, to do a little bit of uh, editorial work. I did task Cam with doing it, but again, I think uh, Hollyoaks must have been on. Um, but I did manage to uh, merge together some recorded audio from uh, from the side of the pitch over to overlay over the top of the commentary, which resulted in this. There is McLaughlin who has to go back to Bishop from Bishop's bowl out. Bishop this time clears it with his right boot up towards Longstaff. Flicked on by the Bradford man and now Reese Oates has found a pocket of space. Oates to the right of the box. Can he cut it back? Here's Reese Oates left for a shot and it's in! It's a great strike by Reese Oates and on 43 minutes it's Bradford City nil. Mansfield Town 1 and that Jason Law is what Reese Oates does best. What a finish there by Oates. He's stuck it top bins. Stags are leading. What more could you want? And this. McLaughlin on the left-hand side, balling towards the middle, it's taken well by Quinn, back to Murphy who hits it, force Rose now Longstaff, and it's gone in! It's over the line! And Matty Longstaff has put Mansfield Town two goals to the gun! It's his first goal in Stags Colours on 48 minutes! He sends the Stags fans into absolute pandemonium! Bradford City nil, Mansfield Town two. Great finish there by Matty. I mean, a bit of a deflection, but great start off, great play down the left. Macker and Murphy played the ball into the box. Quinney's got it. He set Murph. Murph's had a shot deflected, fell to Matty, and he slotted it in. Great finish. And 2-0 to the Stags got that second goal that we needed. Normal service will be resumed for Friday night's game. My thanks as ever to uh, everybody listening and getting involved tonight as always. If you can't make it to One Call Stadium on Friday night, make sure you tune in to Manfield 103.2 from 6pm. Jason Harrison has all the build-up for you and then Lee Wilson back alongside me in the commentary box as Exeter City come to town. And then make sure you join us next week as we recap that Exeter game and look ahead to a big trip to Tranmere. Mental March is around the corner. Can the Stags continue their unbeaten run and stake their claim in the promotion race? This is the show for the fans, by the fans. This is the Mansfield Matters podcast. The Stags are hunting down the podium.
And just to add at the end as well, usually the uh, the guys backstage sort of stay around and have a little listen to the highlights. Um, as soon as I started playing the outro jingle, jingle Alan went um, because he, he loves the highlights. And this is his response to not having the highlights on the show. That's a travesty. Absolute travesty. Normal service will be resumed next week. Goodbye. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.